everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of what is a massive, massive Bundesliga match between Bayern Munich and Union Berlin. This is one of those games that I think if you looked at it earlier in the season, you might not expect it to mean so much, but damn, this one means a whole hell of a lot as we're going to see Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich fighting for its life to stay atop the table against one of the other two teams that is currently tied for that position. Of course, that is Union Berlin. The other team that's in play there is Borussia Dortmund, who will have a eh, relatively easier matchup this weekend against a scuffling Hoffenheim side, but that's not really much of our concern right now. We are solely focused on Bayern Munich versus Union Berlin. As we always do, let's take a quick look at where each team is in the table. Of course, that's an easy one to identify and what their recent form has been like. For Bayern Munich, they are sitting atop the table by goal differential at this point. They have 12 wins, 7 draws, 2 losses through 21 match days for 43 points. They have scored 61 goals and allowed 21 Over the course of their last five Bundesliga matches, they are two wins, two draws, and one loss, of course. That loss was last week against Borussia Mönchengladbach, which was marred by a controversial red card given to Dio Upamecano, who will consequently miss this match against Union Berlin. As for Union Berlin, they were riding high up until last week, but let's take a look at how they've fared so far. They actually have more wins than Bayern Munich through 21 match days. They have 13 wins against four draws and four losses. They have scored 35 goals and allowed just 24. Of course, they also have 43 points. Uh, Their offense is not quite as uh, powerful as Bayern Munich's, but this has been a very good Union Berlin team nonetheless. They have been there from the beginning competing and really staking their claim to being a contender for the Bundesliga crown this year. Uh, as I was saying, over the course of those five games, you know, they have four wins, one draw. That draw last week was 0-0 for Schalke, which was very surprising uh, given the way Union Berlin has played of late. Uh, prior to that, they had beaten Leipzig 2-1, Mainz 2-1, Hertha Berlin 2-0, and Werder Bremen 2-1. So they're not lighting up the scoreboard. They're doing just enough to win. Do they have that kind of effort? that they're going to be able to put out against a much stronger, much better, much faster, and much more talented team than any of those previous opponents in Bayern Munich. Let's dig into it. Uh, Bayern, of course, will be missing Upamecano. As I said, this is definitely going to be a challenge as Upamecano had really established himself with Matthijs De Ligt as a very, very formidable center-back combination. And I think this is going to in some ways, change Julian Nagelsmann's line of thinking for how he's going to line up this match. But first, let's hit Union Berlin, because I think they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, This is a team that, I mean, you know, some people will refer to them as like the hipster's dream, because they, they are really representing the small club dream in the Bundesliga in terms of being able to have this relatively, I don't want to say it's a small fan base because it's not, but they have really have like an underdog mentality within that fan base. Of course, if you know the history of this club as our guy, Marcus Iredal does, he does a fantastic job of telling that story 
or at least he has done a great job of telling that story over the years at BFW, uh, you know that the club itself is really driven by the fans. It's an attitude that really goes straight from the stance onto the pitch. The players have embraced it. It not only is an underdog, but a hardworking blue collar kind of squad. And they have since coming back to the top flight of the of German football, they have really done a good job of making themselves on a very limited budget, extremely competitive. Uh, you know, they, they have some players who I think would draw interest on the transfer market, but these are not by any means players who there's a big clamor over. I mean, Geraldo Becker is probably the one that most fans are familiar with. He has uh, gotten the most notoriety off this team, but they have a, a roster full of hungry players. Uh, there are no stars. And that's that's one of those things that's really hard to quantify. If you just look at roster versus roster, you look at Bayern Munich and you say, there is absolutely no way they're going to lose this match. But Union Berlin has shown a toughness. They've shown a grittiness. And it's really just a mentality that they can go out and they are able to compete with these clubs with bigger budgets, with better rosters, and they're able to win games. And it's it's been extremely impressive. So everything that they've done, everything that Earth Fisher has done, it has been completely, I mean, just impressive. I don't even really know if you can quantify how impressive it's been. <laughs> they just have been so damn good that you look at them and you say, every week you wonder, how are they this high in the table? How are they doing this? But then you watch them play in that edge that they play with. It's really, really, I mean, it's something to behold. I mean, just a couple of seasons ago, they were more of a swashbuckling team. All out, let's try and score as many goals as possible and hope that that's good enough. We're not going to be too concerned about our defense, but we're just going to go out and see how we can score as much as possible. They've gotten away from that. They're playing a little bit more conservatively, uh, but they are winning games nonetheless. So this has been a, a an incredible season for Union Berlin. And it's one that I think, regardless of what happens in this match, it's going to be one that goes down in the annals of that club because it just has been that good. As for Bayern Munich, when you look at them coming into this match, it's really been an up and down season in a lot of ways. Now, it doesn't reflect that in, in the win column because Bayern Munich has, I mean, how many games have they lost? Two all season? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, so it, it's not like the up and down play has really affected their overall record. But it is it is a case where you can look at them and you can say, like, this team probably is not playing up to its potential. Um, and I, I know personally when I look at this, I see so much talent on the team that it does make me wonder how it's not coming together a little better than it is. So with Julian Nagelsmann this week, we've seen a lot of stories come out. And Sport Build had a, a just really like a massive piece that we broke down into about three posts. Uh, just really declaring how much the club was supporting Nagelsmann, no matter what. Uh, Oliver Kahn, Brazo, Herbert Heiner, they are all going to bat for Nagelsmann. And even if it comes down to Nagelsmann versus Thomas Muller in a, in a playing time debate, the coach is going to get that backing that maybe not every other recent coach has gotten. I mean, Nagelsmann, it is clear he is getting more backing from the club. He has more say in transfer matters. He has a a bigger personality within the boardroom than I think Hansi Flick 
Carlo Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola, Nico Kovac, any of them ever had. Now, you could probably look at Pep and say, Pep pretty much got what he wanted, right? Almost everyone that Pep wanted, he was able to get. Now, not everybody, but Pep did have a decent say there. In recent years, it hasn't been as much for the coaches. And you could point to Nico Kovac uh, and, and, of course, Hansi Flick as two coaches who did not get players that they felt like they needed to play the way that they wanted. Nagelsmann is getting that. He is getting his quote-unquote dream players. He's getting the backing from the club to go out and pursue them. He's been involved in the process of procuring those players. So with Nagelsmann, the club is invested in him. He seems to be invested back into them. And for whatever it's worth, he has performed, right? He has been an innovative coach. He has really done some fantastic things. But he has also frustrated fans with how he's managed players. He has definitely frustrated some players with how he's managed them. Uh, But, you know, you can't really make the argument that he hasn't been successful. Now, I definitely do not agree with everything that he does. I don't agree with how he's handling some situations. I don't agree with some of the tactics that he's using. But the results right now are, are showing that this is a coach that has done a good job. And, you know, Whatever happens the rest of the way, he's gotten them to this point. Now, some fans are definitely lamenting the fact that it's a three-way tie at the top of the table at this point. But from where Bayern Munich was at various points during the season, how poorly they had played and how out of sync they looked, it's impressive that through all that, they just have those two losses in the league. Now, the seven draws you could definitely have a point of contention with because you could really argue that a lot of those draws should not have, have even come to that. They should have been victories for Bayern Munich, but either way, Nagelsmann has backing and that backing is going to come up big this week because he's going to have to do some things that he might not want to do with the absence of Dio Upamakano. He's probably going to have to shift to a back four based formation once again. And I do think that we're going to see a four, two, three, one. And I don't know that that's Nagelsmann's preferred way to play with this team any longer. I think he likes having the back three. I think it helps with the stability, and it also helps him allow those wing backs to get up the field and contribute, whereas with the back four, Byron, quite frankly, has gotten burnt too many times with Davies and whoever the right back of the day may be. Getting too far upfield, of course, it was Nusar Mizrahi a lot in the first half of the season. Uh, and Benjamin Pavar as well, but Pavar is a little more conservative than Mizrahi. But either way, when we did see instances where both outside backs were up, it was too often an odd man counterattack rush where we would see a three on two or a four on two. And the center back combination, no matter whoever it was, was always outmanned and really having to scramble. So I think that in the end, uh, he's going to have to use a four, two, three, one. And I think we're going to see. Matthijs Delict and Benjamin Pavar manning those two center back positions with Upamakano out via suspension and Luca Hernandez, of course, out for the season with an injury. Daily Blind, you might be able to argue, could be in the mix, but I think last week against Gladbach, uh, I don't think Nagelsmann particularly liked what he saw uh, with Blind against that level of competition and with stakes so high on this match, I don't think he's going to look at Blind to come in and contribute for this match. Uh, at the outside back spots, I think we are going to see Alfonso Davies, who has really picked up his play of late. 
as you know, I've been very critical of, of him throughout the season because I don't think he has played up to his potential. I think he's been very lazy with his positioning. He's had some, really, he's been very careless with the ball as well, which is uncharacteristic for him. Now, he does take a lot of chances to create offense, but historically, he has never really given the ball up this much or as easily as it seems anyway. So with Davies, I think his last couple of performances have really been able to establish that he's on his way back up. And that's a great thing for Bayern Munich. And of course, I'll be happy to not have to say, I think Alfonso Davies is underperforming and then have to hear it in the comments <laughs> because I, I honestly did for the major- large majority of the season when he's been healthy, did not think he has played up to that vast potential that he has. And I did take some heat for that, but I think it's really shown um, prior to the last couple of games that, that Davies did experience a drop off and the club itself acknowledged that uh, at right back. I do expect to see Jao Cancelo, uh, it, to me, it's a no-brainer at this point. Mizrahi's not going to be ready. Josip Stanisic, I, I just can't see. I can't see Nagelsmann selecting Stanisic over Cancelo. It just it doesn't make sense at this point. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Pavar push out to the right back spot because I think he's done well enough to merit time at center back, and I think he's frankly the most dependable option they have back there at this point, teamed with Delict rather than Daly Blind or even Stanisic sliding in the play center back. So back four, I think we will see Delict and Pavar at center back, Davies and Cancelo at the outside back positions. Midfield, of course, will be managed by Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. I do not think we are going to see any Ryan Gravenberg or Jamal Musiala sliding back. I know there is some thought that Musiala could slide into that eight spot ahead of Goretzka. I just don't see it. I think, Nagelsmann has to play it safe with the midfield. And for whatever reason, uh, Gretzka is getting hammered all over social media. I mean, hammered. And it's not just really like even uh, in the comments on our site. I'm seeing it all over Twitter. And it's, you know, listen, I I don't think Gretzka has had a bad season at all. So from the eye test, uh, I don't think he's been that bad. I think he's actually been pretty good. Uh, But, you know, listen. When things like this happen and it starts to snowball on a player, he is definitely a player that does not have the overwhelming fan support of, say, someone like Davies or someone like Thomas Muller or even Jamal Musiala. So Goretzka is definitely taking some heat, and I think if he could come out and have a standout performance in this match, it really do well to get some of the social media uh, <laughs> criticism that he's faced really off of his back. As far as the attack goes, this is where it gets very interesting, and it ties into one of the pieces that we saw this week. And as I mentioned earlier, Nagelsmann is being backed to leave Thomas Muller on the bench if he sees fit. And while you know I might think Muller deserves to play at this point, and I think that the team is better with him, the coach does not see it that way. So uh, no, no, our guy, I need no name, actually did a a pretty good job encapsulating that piece, not just with the news of it, but giving some statistics that shows that actually show why Byron has been a little bit stronger with Muller on the field rather than with him on the bench. But either way, I think the attack is going to be Jamal Musial playing the 10. I think we're going to see Eric Maxim Chupamoting at the nine. And I think the wings uh, are going to be Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané. I don't think Sadio Mane is getting rolled out yet. And I don't think that Serge Gnabry has done enough of late to really warrant starting in a game like this. So Coman, Sané at the wings, Chupo Moting at striker, and Jamal Musiala at the 10. That attack theoretically should do really, really well. 
there's a lot of talent there, a lot of pace, uh, a lot of really goal-minded playing styles there. Those are four players that really can put the ball in the back of the net. So that's something great. Unfortunately, not all of them have been really playing up to their own potential over the course of the past few games. Uh, of course, Musiala, we've gotten so used to seeing him be so good that when he does have a little bit of a drop in form like he's had, it seems maybe a little bit worse than it really is. Uh, Chupo, he's up and down. I think, you know, he is he is what he is. He's a very good, reliable backup striker. And I think he will produce and continue to produce in the Bundesliga you know, it'll be, you know, in my mind, very telling to see how he does in the upcoming Champions League match against PSG. And if Bayern is able to advance past that, how he handles the upcoming rounds. Uh, with Coman and Sané, I just think at this point, they're the most likely to start. Coman has been very, very good of late. Sané has not. Uh, Sané, we kind of rip Serge Gnabry for being a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but Sané has been the same, really. He has not been consistent since the restart and uh, I think if Byron wants to reach its potential it's going to need him to return to that form that we saw earlier in the season so that's my lineup and I give you the rationale behind it right or wrong I do think that uh, Byron Munich is going to win this match Uh, I I do think it's not going to be easy though Uh, I'm going to say it will be a 3-1 victory for Bayern Munich, but it will be tighter than that score will indicate. I think it'll be tight in the beginning. Both teams will try and feel each other out. Then Bayern will definitely have a burst uh, and they'll get a couple of goals. I think Union will fight back and then Bayern will tack one on at the end for a 3-1 victory. And that will hopefully make some fans rest a little easier and make them feel a little better about the way things are going. Uh, This team has been very successful. I think they'll continue to be very successful, Uh, but it's not going to be easy in the league, in the Pokal or in the Champions League. These are all going to be very, very tough matches coming up and Byron's going to have to withstand not just the competition, but they're going to stay healthy and they're going to have to stay fresh. And that's going to be a big key. So when players like Gnabry or Thomas Muller or Daly Blind or whoever, Josip Stanisic, if they get opportunities, they have to make the most of them and perform up to the capabilities that they have. And that will about do it for this preview show. As always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog. You can get the site at the Variant FB Works on Twitter. You can get our tweetmeister Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. You can get I, ne- I Need No Name at BFWINNN. Of course, get all of our great podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. That's where we do a, in my mind, a fantastic job capturing all of the news, giving you some great insights and opinions, and also, uh, you know, just being there for the community when you need to vent because, you know, there's been a lot of venting going on of late. As for this podcast, we should have some, uh, I guess, an update coming out soon as to where we'll be going. We're currently working with Vox and SBN to see if, uh, there is a good landing spot for us with their guidance or if we will truly take it out on our own. And if we do, uh, of course, we'll let you know where that is and, and what we'll be up to as soon as it's finalized. So uh, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the match. Don't forget to check the weekend warm up podcast that will be dropping on Thursday. Uh, you'll get all of my takes on the biggest news this week, and I'm looking forward to doing that show. So uh, enjoy the match and check me out when the next one 
uh, the next podcast drops. Until then, I'll see you next time.